Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Well, uh, we are solidly all in the month of Elul now. We have started uh, as of uh, last Shabbat, before last Shabbat, we have started the month of Elul on the the biblical Hebrew calendar, very, very important month. It is a month immediately preceding the high holy days of Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and of course, Sukkot, uh, Shemini Yitzherat, Simchat Torah. Did you hear the shofar? Did you hear the shofar at the beginning of the service? Uh, you know, when you hear that shofar, you see, God set up the calendar. It's all in the scripture. He's the one who came up with it. He's the one who invented it. And he invented it for a purpose and for a reason to teach us, to guide us, to show us the way and things that we should be focused on. And so uh, Bill did such a wonderful job a little bit earlier blowing that shofar. What a blessing that is. When you hear that shofar at the beginning of, of Shabbat services during the month of Elul, you know something is in the air. Something is in the air. We are getting near a special time. Because, man, you can't get better than the High Holy Days uh, and, and the High Holy Day season. It is so intense, but it's such a wonderful focus on God that it's truly a beautiful thing. So they're just around the corner. And the theme for the month of Elul, as we're preparing for the, for the big holidays, is to search. The theme for the holiday is to search. We should be in search mode this month. There's something different. You see, it's something that, that sadly many of the body of believers have kind of missed out on is the, is, the, uh, is, is the calendar that God set up to teach us and to remind us of different things throughout the year. And, and this is a month we, we should be searching as the biblical calendar, not coincidental. God's the one who set these holidays up, and they are intended for us to consider our lives and for us to grow and to grow in Him. Someone say, "Amen." Yeshayahu, Isaiah, please, chapter fifty-five, please. Uh, it's interesting because during the month of Elul, there is a uh, a, a, a Jewish understanding of our God, and and it's and it's kind of encapsulated by this expression for the month of Elul, which immediately precedes the High Holy Days. And the expression is pretty intense, I got to tell you. The expression is this, the king is in the field. What does that mean? I will explain it to you. The king is in the field. I've talked about this a few years ago. We're going to take a look at that, but with some other things. In other words, take stock and get ready. Take stock and get ready. Uh, the last song was talking about 
you know, the, the, the Holy One and the King of Kings. Uh, well, there is a king. No disrespect to Charles. <laughs> who, is, who is just, uh, you know, consecrated or whatever earlier this year. Uh, all due respect to him, there is one king of kings. Okay, so during the month of Elul, it is said that the king is in the field. What is that? I'll talk about that. Isaiah 55 verse 6 says this. Seek Adonai, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Mm, 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 mm. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Friends, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Yes, all of us should be seeking the Lord. You watching online or listening on the podcast. Brother, sister, you should be seeking the Lord. I don't know if you've heard, times are kind of weird. Times are tough. We need God. And people who, who think they don't need God actually only demonstrate how much they need God. But it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. There's an implication in there that at some point he's not going to be found. It's said that on Yom Kippur, the king is in the palace. Think about it. What does this represent? All the, all the holidays are symbolic of, of God and Messiah Yeshua, and we see this consistently throughout Scripture. So clear from Passover and, and Shavuot and coming up Rosh Hashanah, right? The trumpet blows. Is that familiar for anything? And then Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Is that, what is that? The, the Yom Kippur represents judgment. It represents judgment day, if you will. Friends, once we get to judgment... It's too late. Once you get to judgment, it's too late. But right now, the king is in the field. The king is in the field. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. See, friends, as we are moving about in our daily lives, there's just amazing connection with all of us in our daily lives. Y'all, if you are still breathing on this planet, the King is available to you. If you seek him, you will find him. If you seek him with all your hearts, seek the Lord. Call In our daily lives, the King approaches us and he seeks us in our daily lives. His mercy is open to us. His forgiveness is Thank you, oh Lord God. His forgiveness is, is available to us. Amen? Aren't you appreciative and grateful of that? Woo. But friends, wait too long. Wait too long. And we will see him on a throne of judgment. That's how that works. Wait too long. So during this month, this, this, uh, the annual cycle of all the holidays and feasts and festivals is symbolic of history, all of human history, what has been and what is to come. And we know what is to come is, of course, Judgment Day, represented by Yom Kippur. And we know the calling up 
by Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah. Okay, we know with the shofar blown. Fair enough. So during this month, while the king is in the field, the king is in the field in our lives, but symbolically this month of Elul is we're looking forward to these high holy days, which remind us of all that is to come. We need to continually be examining ourselves. And I would ask for you to look within to determine what you need. <laughs> I want you to determine within yourself what you need to grow and what needs to go. <laughs> what you need to grow and what needs to go. All too often, friends, nobody looks at their lives and like stops and thinks about it for a minute. It's part of what Elul is for, search. Search me, O Lord, right? We should look within what belongs, what doesn't belong, 2 Timothy, please, chapter 4, 2 Timothy. I love the Word of God. That's where the answers are. Amen? Here's something that's interesting, and, and it's something that kind of blows my mind. When I look at this thing, right, when I hear about, about how God treats us and will treat us, it's hard for me to completely understand what I'm about to read. This is Rabbi Shaul. And when we are followers of Messiah, we have in store for us wonderful rewards. Praise God, man. I mean, you know, listen, I look at heaven and imagine heaven and I say, Dainu, it's enough. Just, just get me in those, those, those gates of made of pearl, right? And then and the walls of Jasper, the streets of gold. Just get me there. Dainu, that's enough, right? You know, it's, it's incredible what's in store for us if we truly turn our lives over to God. It's unbelievable. And yet he gives us rewards upon rewards. It's really remarkable. Uh, amongst the rewards that he gives us is or are crowns, crowns. It's interesting to think about. Let's, let's read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Rabbi Shaul says, uh, talks about this towards the end of his journey, the end of his life, and he mentioned this, mentions this crown. I want you to think about it. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is reserved for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to everyone who has longed for his appearing. Say amen. Ooh, man, I tell you what, I look at that and I think, what a beautiful visual that is. You know, that, that's just unbelievable to even conceptualize. Think about this for, for just a second. I, I, it's frankly unbelievable to me that one day, the Lord himself will grant his followers a crown, a crown of righteousness. And this is not just one isolated verse, Psalm 8, Psalm 139, also talk about receiving crowns. But think about this for just a second, receiving a crown from the creator of the universe, a crown. Uh, many of you saw the uh, when, when King Charles came upon the throne. Some of you, many of you uh, statistically watched the coronation. 
right, of King Charles. But in any case, you've seen coronations before. What incredible pomp and circumstance. What, what an incredible ceremony and celebration and a, and a big to-do. And, and then finally, the, the, the crown itself, man, it's, it's a, a crown is a glorious thing. I mean, you, you think about it, the, the crown that is, that is on the Torah rep represents the, 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 the deity and the kingship of God. It's, it's, it's almost, but, but to think of a crown for us, it's almost an, ostent, an ostentatious thing. It's very visible praise. God is visibly, when he gives us a crown, it's like it's a very visible praise. And when I think about the king of England and the crown jewels, Revitson and I were, were in England many years ago and we visited the, the Tower of London and, and such, and they had the crown jewels on display. They were under heavy guard. <laughs> and, but I remember looking at this crown and this, this had purple on it and the, all the gold and the gems and the jewels on it. And, and, and they say it weighs like 785 pounds. It doesn't weigh. It's very heavy. I don't know the exact weight, but it's a very heavy crown. I mean, it's like, it's weighty, this crown. And, and it's so you know, flashy in many ways. And, and, uh, but beloved, there's a stunning irony. And, and as I contemplated, as I got to think of more about the, the, a crown being put upon your head and my head, a crown by God, no less. There, there's a stunning irony that, that, that as the more I thought about it, it was just dripping when it comes to who gets the crown, who gets the crowns. I want for you to think about this and pick up on if there might be some seeming dissonance in some ways. We're going to go to the book of Yaakov, James, please, chapter 4, James chapter 4, and, and just reflect on this for just a second and think, wow, that's interesting. I, I never thought about what can seem like almost a contradiction. It's not, but it's, but, but it's at the very least, it's unusual as to who gets the crown, the kind of people that will get the crown which is such a visible, praise, public thing, right? James chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, speaking of God, it says, but he gives greater grace, therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Because when I think of humble, it doesn't typically, the, the next word that doesn't come to mind, that does not come to mind for me is crown, right? I mean, doesn't that make some sense? That's not like, if you're doing word association, crown and humble don't typically pair up. Do you want more of God's grace in your life? Humble yourself before the Lord. See, what sometimes works on this earth is not what works in heaven. God wants for us to be humble and not proud. And that also includes, by the way, one of the worst versions of pride, and that is spiritual pride. Listen to me, brother or sister. Don't think that you know it all. None of us do. 
<laughs> Only he who created the, the heavens and the stars knows it all. Psalm 138, please. Very interesting as we reflect, as we think about this, as we, as we see this, this dynamic that's going on. And by the way, there's more to it. Psalm 138, let's, let's read some of what King David said. Psalm chapter 138, please, verse 6. For though Adonai is exalted, yet he looks upon the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Whew, did you catch that? It's very deep. Why is this important to examine, especially right now? The reason, my friends, is because the king is in the field. We are in the month of Elul right now. We are in this time before Messiah's return, before the judgment seats, when there is still time to address this. He is ready. He is available to us. God is available to you and me right now. God is available to you if you're watching online or, or listening via podcast. But friends, if you have a haughty or prideful spirit, King David tells us that God knows you from afar. In other words, even though he's available, he's walking around in the field, he's not up in the palace right now, so to speak. In other words, he's available for us. He's not on the judgment throne. He's not on the judgment seat judging us. But that's common. But right now he's in the field available to us. And so here we are. And, and, the, and the Lord, Yeshua, is, is available to us. But if you are haughty, if you are prideful, man, he keeps his distance from you. He keeps his distance Y'all, that is exactly what we don't need when the king is in the field. Amen? Him not getting close to you. Friends, it's a lull. It's time to do some soul searching because why we need to be drawing close to the Lord. That's exactly what we need to be doing right now is drawing close to the Lord. He is not judging on his palace throne yet. We should be drawing near to him. And a way to draw near to him, the scriptures tell us this, is by humbling yourself before your God. I remember Jerry Rutkin, oh, precious God, I humble myself before you, precious God. That is such a fantastic attitude to have. But what an interesting paradox it is if you think about it. If we serve God faithfully here on this earth, if we are kind and compassionate to our fellow man and woman, if we humbly follow God and his commands, then he will reward us with a crown. <laughs> it's a bit ironic, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, it's so interesting. But listen very carefully to me. This is what we need to consider. Make sure your head is not too big for your crown. <laughs> Matthew chapter 23. 
<laughs> Yeshua did not play around with hypocrisy. He did not play games with hypocrisy. Spiritual pride and such. Matthew 23, verse 23. Messiah is speaking to some of the religious leaders of the day, and he says, Woe to you, Torah scholars and Pharisees, hypocrites! Boy, he was subtle, huh? So that's, that's the new covenant of grace, right? Right? I just want to make sure. The old covenant is of, of all harsh, and, but the new covenant's all... No, it's same God, both, both. You know, you see grace in the Old Testament and you see Yeshua not playing in the new covenant. Woe to you, Torah scholars and Pharisees, hypocrites. You tithe mint and dill and cumin, yet you have neglected the weightier matters of the Torah, justice and mercy and faithfulness. It is necessary to do these things without neglecting the others. Oh, blind God, straining out a gnat while swallowing a camel. <laughs> oh, man. Whew, boy, I tell you what, Yeshua didn't mince words. I hear people who are sometimes like this, like the people that Yeshua is speaking with here, people who can be absolutely critical of the smallest thing, of the smallest thing but not really understanding what's really important <laughs> about others. It's nitpicky, critical about things we might do in the congregation, for example. Listen, friends, I'm going to go ahead and share with you a big revelation. Get ready. This is going to be a doozy. Here it is. Beth Hillel is not perfect, and neither is its rabbi. <laughs> Nice of you to laugh, but neither are you. <laughs> now, I don't say that to get a pass. I say that to share that we need to have an attitude of humility before the Lord. Perhaps start with the assumption that you don't know it all. Yeshua here told the Torah scholars that they have neglected the weightier matters of the Torah, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Oh, these things are of such great importance. Friends, we can't be hypocrites. We can't be hypocrites. I'll tell you something that's a little bit ironic because every long once in a while, it's not very often because if you actually just read the text, it becomes pretty clear. But every long once in a while, I get somebody who says, oh, did you read Matthew 23? Yeshua here is saying that tithing isn't important. And I, th say, I think, wow, seriously? I mean, there's two things here. First of all, Yeshua specifically says that while his point is to focus on the weightier matters of the law, he also tells people not to neglect tithing either. He actually says it explicitly. But aside from this, I mean, the even greater point that he was trying to make to these Torah scholars who were being hypocrites they were being hypocrites because they were choosing to follow what commandments they wanted to follow and not follow others. And, and so he was, he was exposing their pride, my friends, either way. Either way you look at it, it's, it's hubris. It's his pride. I'm reminded of Micah chapter 6, verse 8. As I was meditating on this, uh, Micah, the book of Micah, chapter 6, 
verse 8, and, and this is spoken to us from God or of speaking from God. He, being God, has told you, humanity, what is good and what Adonai is seeking from you. So what is God seeking from you? Only to practice justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. Oh, this is what he wants for us. It's the month of Elul, my friends. God ordered the seasons. God put the, the holidays on the calendar for a purpose. The king is in the field. Symbolically, in your life right now, you still have time to make change before Yom Kippur. And am I talking about the Yom Kippur that's coming up in a month? Yes, but I'm talking about the Yom Kippur. You have time to make a change in your life because you and I are still breathing on this planet right now. You have time to make changes in your life before he's sitting on that judgment throne judging you and I. Will you seek to practice justice, love, mercy, and walk humbly before your God? And here's the, the really amazing, cool thing. And the, the, to me, the, 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 the beautiful twist of the whole thing is that this is not the end of the story. This is not the end even of, of the story of my message and and what the Lord has for us I, right here. God loves us. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to dwell with us eternally in heaven. Someone say amen. And what an immeasurable gift that is. What a gift it is, brother or sister, that God wants to, to spend eternity with you and me in heaven. Wow. I mean, truly, there can be no greater gift that he could give us. I mean, that, that's, that's beyond the scope. Absolutely amazing. And if that wasn't enough, he bestows upon us that crown, right? I mean, he, in other words, he doesn't just let us sneak in the back door of heaven. No, no, he rewards us visibly, bountifully, even once we get to heaven. It's really remarkable, very kind of publicly, if you will. You and me, it's unreal. But remember that it is him who gives you your crown. You do not give it to yourself, nor do you deserve it in your own works. Revelation chapter four, so interesting. Now we're going, now we're going to the song, at least right, right close to that. Here's the cool thing that brings it all together, y'all. This just absolutely brings it all together. To me, when I saw the whole pattern, it just blew my mind, and I thought, wow, this is absolutely amazing. And it totally makes the dissonance make sense. It makes the, uh, the irony of it make total sense. It all comes together in Revelation chapter 4. What is Revelation chapter 4? In part, we see Rabbi John, John's vision of the future. He's given a, a glimpse of the heavenly throne room of God. This is something that is still yet to come, but yet also happens in part. And, and we know what's going to be happening in the time to come. We read about it in the book of Revelation. And in John's vision of the throne room of God, he sees something very interesting. He sees God on his throne, but he sees that there are actually 
24 elders that are around him in the throne room. And they have their own little thrones around him and in front of him who is the eternal sitting on his throne, right? And and these 24 elders, which most scholars feel are people who are senior leaders, maybe in in the history, they, they represent us, if you will. These are human beings. This is a vision of the future. These 24 elders that are around God. Listen to this vision. Why? It all will make sense to you. Revelation chapter four, verse two. Here's part of the vision. Immediately I was in the Ruach and the spirit and behold, a throne was standing in heaven and one, as in the one, the king, seated on the throne. And the one who was seated was like jasper and carnelian in appearance and a rainbow around the throne, like an emerald in appearance. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders dressed in white clothes with golden crowns on their heads. <laughs> wow, I get chills. That's intense, man. That's, I, I could just kind of almost picture it. Right? You have this main throne and there is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he is there reigning on his throne. But man, there are these 24 thrones surrounding him. And and upon these thrones are are the elders, people who are sitting on their thrones with golden crowns upon their heads. This is people who are like us, if you will. Unbelievable visual right here. As Avinu Malkanu, our father, our king, is seated on that throne. These are humans surrounding him, and they had these golden crowns. It's, it's an absolutely surreal picture of what's going on. But we know that, that God gives these crowns to us when we, even though, even though what, what is it that, that got us our crowns was really not seeking a crown, right? That, that's what the humility is. Keith Green used to sing about this in his music. If I'm doing well, Lord, let, let me never seek a crown. We're not seeking a crown, and yet God's out of his love, mercy, and, and, and kindness to us awards and gives us a crown, which is just unbelievable. And so here you have the elders all sitting around the throne room with God, and there he is on the throne. And then we read in verse 10, Revelation 4.10, what happens next? The 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And here it comes. And they throw their crowns down before the throne, chanting, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created. Wow, 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 that is just so awesome. So how it works, beloved, as we conclude, how it works is this. Our flesh is prideful by nature. 
but under the influence of the Ruach Elohim, under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God, we learn to humble ourselves. Then God himself loves us so much that he gifts us with our own crowns. And yet we are so grateful, so grateful for his goodness to us that we humble ourselves and lay our crowns at his feet in worship of the Ancient of Days. My gosh, that's a beautiful circle there. That's an amazing circle. And you just have to remember the crown that Yeshua wore for you and me. And to make sure that your head is not too big for your crown. <laughs> the title of my message is Big Crown, Small Head. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. <laughs> I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If that's you and you have never given your life to God, how about today? There can be no better time to turn your life over to God. Friends, you want to do it before Yom Kippur. You want to do it before the day of judgment. If that's you and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you'd like to today, lift your hand and we'll pray. Be honest and say, yes, I need to give my life to God. I've never done so before, but I want to. I want to turn my life over to Yeshua. If that's you, just lift your hand and we'll pray. Be honest. Maybe you're watching online or listening via podcast and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If that's you, I want you to repeat this simple prayer after me. And if you do, God will change you. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart right now, God. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, oh God, in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you're watching online or listening in podcasts, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. If you're here, please see me after the service. We want to celebrate with you as well. In the meantime, let's all stand right now and, and just take a moment to worship God, the Ancient of Days the Holy One, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And let's join the angelic hosts as they sing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, because He is indeed worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain.
the day, Lord, let us take those crowns that you so generously give us as you lift us up, Lord, let us lay them at your feet as we worship you as being the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you for loving us. We bless you for it. And we ask these things in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, who gives us life and eternal life. Amen and amen. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. 
If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.